Blog Talk Radio. Women have the power to transform this world. We can end crime and violence if we all agree to do one thing, share. Let's share our wisdom, share our time, share our talents, share our finances, but most of all, let's share our love. This is The Female Solution. Join me, Naima Latif, every morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, as we bring you stimulating discussions about the issues affecting our lives. If you're listening online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution, press the blue button that says follow and get our daily topics every morning directly to your email and your smartphone. Hi, I'm Naima Latif executive producer of the Female Solution Radio Show. We invite you to call in 515-605-9325 and participate in this daily think tank as we examine the challenges we face and develop solutions that restore peace and harmony. We are global transformers, changing the world from the way it is to the way it should be. We are one. Wherever we live on this earth, we are one human family. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to extend a greeting to all the members of our family, whenever and wherever you may be listening around the world. To our family in China, Ni Hao. In India, Namaste. In Japan, Konnichiwa. In Korea, Annyeonghaseyo. In Russia, Zdrastutsye. In Germany, Guten Tag. In Poland, Dzień Dobry. In France, bonjour. In Spain, hola. In Italy, ciao. In Egypt, ahten wasalen. In Ghana, akwaba. In Nigeria, peleo. In South Africa, saubona. In Senegal, nangadef. In Kenya, jambo. In Israel, shalom. In Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Saudi Arabia, assalamu alaikum. Greetings. And may peace be upon you all. Tune in to Soulful Solutions with Dr. Debbie Green on Thursdays at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time and 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to hear great topics and stories on grief and turn you into victory. Join Dr. Debbie Green to listen to stories of triumph 
and learn how to overcome. You are not alone in your life and there is hope in the darkest hours. This is your time to learn strategies and solutions to improve your life. It's your time. So join Dr. Debbie Green with Soulful Solutions and call in on Thursday at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time and 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time at 515-605-9325 with comments and questions. Look to hear from you real soon.
paying attention to them, not just giving them some toy to play with, go away, get away from me, or sticking them in front of the television set while you go and live your life. Being emotionally available means that when they cry, you don't just tell them to shut up. You listen. We're going to talk about that today with people who have experienced parenthood and understood the importance of emotional availability. And this is so critical, particularly for men who have children, because men have been taught that fathering is simply going to work, coming home, getting that paycheck over to pay the bills, and your job is done. This brand of fathering actually evolved in the industrial age when instead of the agrarian kind of economy where the family worked on the family's farm and the family engaged each other and the family sat down to dinner and meals and the family was involved, having a society that was factory-based or service industry-based, and you had men who left the house in the mornings, came home in the evenings, ate dinner and in these modern times, watched TV, went to bed, didn't engage with their children at all. Many children can say, yeah, my father was there, but he really wasn't there. He didn't talk to us. We didn't really know him, and he didn't really know us. Oh, he came in to be the disciplinarian. Your mother said you did what? Oh, let me get get out my belt and start whipping you. And there's so many fathers who think that's fathering because that may have been what they received because of this economy that was no longer family-based, family business-based, family farm-based. It was based in someone leaving the house to earn money to come back to the house but not really be a part of the household. Well, it said when you know better, you do better. You have to be involved in your children's lives. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and talk to you who have joined us today. And we want you to share your experience with your parents. Did you all talk to them? If you're on a switchboard now, press 1 to share your thoughts. And if you're listening online and want to join this conversation, give us a call, 515-605-9325, and press 1 when you're ready to speak, and we will gladly share your thoughts. We're talking about are you emotionally available for your children? We'll be right back after this quick break, and we invite you to stick and stay. Don't stray away. We'll be back in a moment, so stay with us. Hi, I'm Barbara. I'm Cheryl. And I'm Naima. We're three black moms. 
And in case you didn't notice the resemblance, we're also three sisters. We're going to be coming to you every week, sharing our successes and our mistakes as we navigate our lives as moms, wives, sisters, daughters, and of course, black women in today's world. We'll talk about it all. Race, politics, religion, economics, culture, and we'll take a look at everything from whether or not to use corporal punishment to how do you teach your children about sex. Look for our upcoming book, Growing Up Charles. It's a personal story about our lives growing up in Maple Park on Chicago's South Side. I'm Barbara. I'm Cheryl. And I'm Naima. We're Three Black Moms. Follow us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Three Black Moms. Hi, this is John Alexander. And I'm Naima Latif. Meet people like you who are making a positive difference in the world. Big difference. Watch us every day on The Media Connection at www.youtube.com slash The Media Connection TV. YouTube it. We'll see you soon. There are people who choose to make a positive difference in the world. Our job is to bring you their stories to motivate you to do the same. Join us each week, host John Alexander and Naima Latif, as we bring you the educators, entertainers, elected officials, religious leaders, and community activists whose works are transforming this world. Find out how you can make a difference, too. Be inspired. Watch the media connection. Thursdays, Soulful Solutions with Dr. Debbie Green. And Fridays, 
health and well-being with Beata. Saturdays, tune in 12 noon to 2 p.m. Central Time. First Saturday, Success Strategies with Jana. Second Saturday, Wendy Williams Esquire on Relationships. Third Saturday, Move Around with Deborah. And fourth Saturday, Wisdom with Mama D. Join us Sundays, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Central Time for Soul Purpose Healing with Beata. Call in and comment, 515-605-9325. Press 1 to speak to the host and be a part of the solution. this 
hostile culture towards towards children, and this is what has produced the explosion of anger. Not to mention a bunch of other things. We set them down in front of a television set and let them watch what we consider entertainment, the most violent, the most egregious kinds of activities between human beings, and we let them do this at the earliest of ages, not understanding what's going into their subconscious mind. There's that. And then we, for the sake of our own convenience, leave them for long periods of time. Sometimes, you know, we have to work. And so we don't have a support system of family members that engage them in a way that feels like love. We institutionalize them very early with daycare. And there's nothing wrong with learning. But there is a period of time when a child really needs that nurturing, loving, caring mother. And when we have to go back to work at six months after pregnancy, that is abnormal. And we have to herb and wean a child so that we can get back to work. The process even of breastfeeding is part of the emotional nurturing that needs to happen for a certain number of years. So if we have to take them to a center where someone is caring for perhaps multiple infants or children, they're not going to get that kind of one-on-one care and attention. And when they cry, they learn very quickly that crying isn't looked upon favorably. And they don't get the positive attention that they're seeking when they cry. They don't get the comfort that they're seeking when they cry. They get treated with the impatience of an adult that needs them to just stop crying. Stop crying. So our children learn early that they are not going to be listened to when they're in pain, whether it be emotional or physical. And that makes them feel like their lives are of no value. So we've made that error. And then, to top it off, after we have supply them with inappropriate forms of entertainment in the form of violent movies, violent behavior, insensitive responses to their emotional distress. They have bottled up anger and resentment. And then, We supply them with weapons of war. 
because somebody wants to make money in the weapons industry. And other people who have supplied themselves with all kinds of fear-based information, whether it's watching the news, which gives them a steady report, a steady death report, and so they're feeling unsafe. So they're afraid to support the idea of removing these weapons of war from our civilian society. And so our children, who are not emotionally mature and have not been emotionally supported, and have not been able to adequately express their frustration, are given access to weapons of war. And so conflicts which in the past for children might have simply resulted in maybe a fist fight after school, now someone has a gun and they go and shoot that person that they feel has disrespected or humiliated them in some way. And this is what we're experiencing. All of this is a wake-up call for us to learn better parenting skills, not engaging in more beatings because That's the dysfunctional way our parents reacted because they didn't have the knowledge on how to be emotionally available for their children. They didn't know. And now that our children are armed and dangerous because of a weapons industry that wants to profit from their emotional pain, and people who will proliferate weapons of war among a civilian population without conscience have created the environment where our children are now viewed with fear. And when they are extremely emotional, rather than us listen to them, we still repress them and often will punish them because we don't know better until today. But we want you to think about your experience as a child, and how did your parents respond to you when you cried? At what age did they stop comforting you and start reprimanding you? We want you to think about that because that has shaped how you are now parenting your child. Unless you learn from that experience that this is not how one wants to be treated when one is in distress. But if you didn't and your child has maybe reached the age of five and six and seven and you reprimand them with words like, you're too old to be crying like that, then you're repeating the same mistakes as those who came before our generation. 
So how do we become emotionally available? And we invite you, if you're on our switchboard now, to press 1 and share a memory that you have in either experience, a time when you were perhaps sad, distressed, depressed, grieving, and you had an adult who listened, who comforted you, who made you feel that you could show your emotions without being ridiculed. And we'd also like you to share those stories of when you were in a state of emotional distress and you expressed your emotions and you were punished. How did you feel? We tend to put forth the idea that our emotions should not upset other people. People don't feel comfortable if we're crying. So we learn to not show emotions so that we don't make other people feel uncomfortable. Now, if you're two years old, if you're two years old, And you are extremely upset. People will say you're having a temper tantrum. And a temper tantrum is basically frustration that is unexpressed. So you're unexpressed, your unaddressed frustration gets expressed in the form of screaming, kicking. It's frustration. And as a child, you may not have the words to express your thoughts. But it really is a cry for help. Now, the way we have been taught to think is that a child is being disobedient if they're having a tantrum. And people will say things like, oh, they're so spoiled, meaning they haven't been whipped into submission properly and are therefore acting out of their own free will. This is the thought that goes into that response to a crying child. They're spoiled. And because we respond to our children as if they're being defiant of us when they are expressing their frustration, People will watch someone in a grocery store, watch a mother with a frustrated child having a tantrum, and what do the parents say? What do the other adults say? Oh, that child needs a good beating. Not why is that child frustrated and angry, why is that child feeling unheard, but that child is being disobedient and they need a good beating. 
This is how we respond to our children when they express frustration because they don't have the words to say what they want or say how they feel. They feel powerless because no one is responding to them or understanding them. And so they have a tantrum. They have a temper tantrum. And this can be very frustrating for parents. But if no one gives the parents an understanding of how to respond to frustration lovingly, then they may very well succumb to the peer pressure that says that child needs a good beating. And they may very well choose to engage in physical assault of a child who is frustrating. So for those who are watching us on Facebook and YouTube, we apologize for the brief moment of the screen going out. And if you're listening online and want to join this conversation, give us a call, 515-605-9325, and press 1 when you're ready to speak. We've got some people on the switchboard. We're going to take a brief pause, and we'll be right back. I'm going to take you in this order, 773-996-773-737, and 213-880, and we're going to come to you first right after the break. So we invite you to stick and stay. Don't stray away. We'll be back in just one moment, and we want you to stay with us. Our question today is, are you emotionally available for your children? We'll be right back after this message, so stay with us. And if you're watching this, that means you're one of the 4.6 billion people from around the world who are using an electronic device to talk to people. In these times, people are using the Internet to talk to everybody. Friends, neighbors, family members, coworkers. People are on their cell phones and computers all day long. Now, if you're in business, that is great news. That means you can sell your products and services all day long and never have to leave your home. All you need is a media connection, somebody to connect you to an audience. And that's why I'm talking to you today. We produce programs, and our audience members are people who shop. They buy clothes, food, duty supplies, cleaning supplies, home repair, transportation services, child care services, whatever you're selling, they need to buy it. We're your media connection. Just follow this link, and tomorrow you can sit back and relax at home while your business is making you money.
I'm Cheryl. And I'm Naima. We're three black moms. And in case you didn't notice the resemblance, we're also three sisters. We're going to be coming to you every week sharing our successes and our mistakes as we navigate our lives as moms, wives, sisters, daughters, and of course, black women in today's world. We'll talk about it all. Race, politics, religion, economics, culture, and we'll take a look at everything from whether or not to use corporal punishment to how do you teach your children about sex. Look for our upcoming book, Growing Up Charles. It's a personal story about our lives growing up in Maple Park on Chicago's South Side. I'm Barbara. I'm Cheryl. And I'm Naima. We're Three Black Moms. Follow us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Three Black Moms. Is Monday morning a struggle to get out of bed, into the swing of things? Well, don't worry, you are not alone. Join us for thought-provoking, stimulating, and mindful conversations on higher learning with Zelda Speaks for your Monday morning mindfulness session on Blog Talk Radio, The Female Solution, Mondays, 7.30 until 9 a.m. Be sure and send your ideas, thoughts, comments, and suggestions. Also, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, visit zeldaspeaks.com and send us your info. We'd love to have you. Experience mindfulness moments with the mindfulness slash stress relief coach, Zelda Speaks. And thanks for sharing the mindfulness moment tip of the day. Stay on purpose, stay empowered, and stay tuned to your next session of mindfulness on higher learning with Zelda Speaks. Make it a mindful day. And thanks for listening. I'm Naima Latif, sitting in for Dr. Debbie Green, who had a medical emergency, and today we are talking about, are you emotionally available for your children? Let's go to our phone line, begin by taking this order, uh, 213-880, your mic is open, and 773-966, coming to you next, and 773-737, hang on, we're coming to you right after that, and if you're on our switchboard and have a thought you'd like to share, Press 1, that lights your number up, lets us know you've got a thought you'd like to share, a question you'd like to ask. 213-880, your mic is open. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your question or comment. Uh, Okay, peace and love, family. First of all, my name is Eric. I'm calling in from Chicago. Hey, Eric, from Chicago. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Thanks for having me. Uh, Actually, I just want to speak on some of the points you made earlier about um, – things you experience as a child and things you do different as a parent and the reasons why. Uh, I'll have to give you first a backstory. I'm a, uh, my, my mother raised me. She had five children, single mother. And I feel during my childhood I was um, I was not heard a lot. Uh, we were, we, it was a lot of matter-of-fact type raising where you do what I say. We don't really get 
uh, many opinions or feelings, and we were like we were not allowed to really show emotion, especially sadness and anger and things like that. So I suppressed a lot of that uh, those feelings, and I also had a lot of resentment because because I felt that I was not heard, and I felt I was actually abused because, like I say. Uh, she was a very physical disciplinarian. Everything we did required a physical uh, correction, and a lot of times I felt uh, it was unnecessary and it was excessive. And so I, I did have a lot of resentment towards her. But it wasn't until I had children, which I don't, I, I have yet. To, I have four children. My oldest is fourteen. I have never whooped any of my children, but I understand her position. Uh, once I became a parent, that she was just a young single mother and she was figuring things out on her own and she and she also had five different uh personalities and she was uh dealing with them the only way she knew how was the way she was raised which goes back to how like you say it's a cycle based on grandparents and and, and it's just an ongoing cycle so you know we all say when we uh when I grow up, I'm not going to whoop my kids. So when I grow up, like, we, we say things that we're going to do different, but I vow to never be that type of parent. And so as a parent, I am extreme. I'm more available, uh, emotionally available than anything for my children. Like, my children, I, I, I'm not in-house, but when I was, it was my I, that's my favorite thing to do. I, I tell people all the time, my favorite thing to do is spend, be with my kids. I can literally be with my kids and spend time with my kids all day, and I would love it. Like, I would have no complaints. Like, so, but I said that to say, uh, I make sure that I allow my kids to speak when they have a feeling. I, I, I ask them how they feel about certain things. I ask how to, you know, I give them that that opportunity because I understand that it's vital, like you say, in the development of a child's emotional intelligence and also just being able and confident in in in, in moving it through life. And so, and I, I go through backlash with my child's mother because she's kind of exactly like my mother was. She's she doesn't she she yells at them all the time. They say they're crying. She tells them to shut up. And I even go back to an instance to where my daughter she uh, she was playing. She had a cardboard box. Mind you, my daughter made about four at the time. She had a cardboard box and she was like she was drawn on it with markers and she made she was it was a house to her. It was a mansion with a pool and everything to her. This is what it was to her because her, this is her imagination. And so. Her younger brother, being a younger brother, he he destroyed the box, and she was crying about it. And my her, her mother was like, "Girl, you got to shut up crying about that box." And I told her, "I'm like, well, that's just not a box you, to her. That was just a mansion and a pool, and you know, it was everything to her." So like, so my kids, they understand that daddy understands them. Like, and I really truly care. And I try to be there for them, and I give them. So my kids, I talk to them all hours. Hours at a time, every day. Like I sit on the phone with them, I'm talking for hours, and they love to come to me for everything because I'm emotionally there for them. And so I, I actually, I that's because of my upbringing. What I didn't have, I wanted to be the parent. I wanted to be what I didn't have as a child. If that makes any sense. So oh, I just wanted absolutely. to give that. Well, thank you so much for calling in, Eric. You have educated so many people today, and and. We've got a comment from our Facebook viewer, uh, Zelda from HLN TV show, our Monday morning mindfulness host says, Grand Rising, gorgeous, clean sister. Oh, thank you so much, Zelda. You're so wonderful. I'm just trying to be like you. And she says, wow, what a story. Grown men realities. Thanks for sharing your experience. Yes, and and Eric, I A lot of people don't get it. Well, I'll tell you. I, I like you realized 
when you got older that your mother, a single mother, stressed out, handled it the only way she could. I have so many friends who were young single mothers, and they felt that because the father was absent, they had to be tough like a father would be in their mind. You know, the father's a disciplinarian and he hits the child. So they were excessive, excessive with the beatings, excessive. You know, stop that crying, shut up, sit down, you know, all that. And I watched that. And I know it, it comes from the frustration of her believing that she has to control this little person in order to mm-hmm. be a good mother. She's got to discipline him, and she doesn't have the father there to, to back her up as an authoritarian, so she's got to be harsh and non-nurturing because mothers are supposed to be the one that hug you when you cry. But instead, a single mother thinks she's supposed to tell you, stop that crying, shut up, sit down, you know, all those things. They believe will make you strong. They don't know any better. So now, when you were when you were a child, and we're gonna get to the next caller. This so hang on. But when you, I want to know when you were a child and you were disciplined. Well, I won't even say disciplined because discipline is training to act in record in accordance with rules. That's what discipline is. Beating, which people don't like yeah. to using that. But when you're beating your child, you're not disciplining them. You're punishing them for having feelings. And you're beating them because they're showing emotion. You're telling them, I don't care how you feel. So it's not helpful. Now, our children learn to fear the pain of the beating, so they learn to suppress their emotions, but that's not helping them become healthy. So exactly. how how did you? Well, first of all, let me ask you: At what age did you come to understand that your mother was acting out of her lack of knowledge and frustration? Uh, actually, I was. This was maybe 2014, like a year before, like a few months before she passed. Actually, I was I was glad that we, I finally was able to understand at least her position. While I didn't completely agree with it, I understood. And so I had to finally call her, and I thanked her for all the lessons that she did give us because she gave us a lot, most of what I keep with me today. Uh, she gave us a lot of lessons on morals and values and, and how to uh, conduct ourselves uh, simply, uh with some sense pretty much. Like So she gave us a lot of those tools that most kids nowadays they lack, but uh, it, it, was, it was hard. But when I called her, she said, you don't know how I've been, how long I've been waiting for you to say that because out of all her kids, like I said, she had five kids. I was mm-hmm. the only one who, when she told us, when you turn 18, you can leave, I literally moved out on my 18th birthday and never returned to her home. My big brother, he ended up leaving, coming back for a period, my sister, but I was the only one because I just did not want to be in that atmosphere. But it wasn't until I had, like I say, I, I had my own kids not to see, like, oh, this is kind of stressful. But it was I didn't handle it that way she did, but I understood, like, okay, and so I, I'm glad that I, I was able to mend that relationship and, and finally drop that resentment that I had for years for the last few months of her life. And so now uh, I vow to, like I say, my kids are my, my, my most prized possession, and, and I will I'll make sure that they never feel the feelings that I felt. And I want to make sure they always know that they can come to me. They always have someone who cares, who listens, who feels them, who understands them, who hears them, you know. So yeah, it was maybe I was maybe 26. Seven or something like that. When when I finally realized, like, okay, I understood that part. While I would have done it different, I understand, and so I just vowed to do it differently, which is what I've been doing so far. 
Wow, you have educated people today, and and Zelda says, "Wow, brother Eric, thanks for being the dad I never had." Nominating yeah. you Father of the Year forever. Love your dedication. Ooh, that was a comment from Zelda, our Monday Morning Mindfulness host. Uh, and you know, you really have you've touched my heart because. There are many men who are holding resentment, and yes, it ma'am. plays out in, in, in anger toward women, meanness, yes, uh, uh, even violence. And it, it stems from, and sisters, I'm not picking on us, but I understand what happened. Just like Erickson, he understood, and we know we, we give the lessons. We want our children to be, you know, civil. We want them to have manners. We want them to do do the right things, so you don't end up in jail. We know, we want all that, and sometimes we don't have that helpful, supportive partner to be that strong male voice, and so we feel like we've got to be harsh. We don't know how to guide them without beating because that's how we were raised. So, Eric, you've been wonderful in, in being able to even show how to forgive. Yes, ma'am. Ignorant, knowing that she meant well. She just didn't know how to have yeah. five children, you know, by yourself. How do you yeah. how do you make yeah. sure that everybody's doing the right thing? Exactly. So and that's the, her love is something I never doubt. I know she loves us to death, and, and I understand yes. that now completely. Yes. So it is it is important if you've had the kind of parent, and most of us have, that was physically violent. You're carrying the anger inside of you. Even though you say, oh, no, I understand, but you really trust me. Look at your relationships. Look at your personal relationship, people. Look at your personal relationship. How are you handling anger with the person that you love today? Trust me, that anger at being equipped as a child is still in you. In our book, The Female Solution, in the opening chapter, we recount this scene of a little child being whipped and how angry they felt and how they had to swallow and bury the anger because you can't hit your parents back. But it does explode later in life in other ways. And so it is time for us to learn how to be nurturing. And, Eric, what you've demonstrated is how you learn from the example of what not to do so that you can do opposite. And and really, if you see it from the bigger picture, that is the reason for that lesson. Everything in life is a lesson. And this earth school is a place of contrast. So we're here to learn how to love. And sometimes the strongest lesson is the demonstration of Uh non-love in terms of the physical or, or emotional or verbal abuse. If it doesn't feel good, it's not love. But we can grow an understanding that the person who did these things, that was the only way they knew how to keep us safe or to guide us on the right principles of living or to keep Uh us from, from doing something that could cause us to get harmed by other authorities, legal authorities, the police and all of that, the people who can shoot you to death, you know, and, and have done so. So, we need to do a lot of forgiveness work for those single mothers that did the best they knew how. Agree. Because that's Please. all they had. 
And I wish I had my mother back. I wish I would have realized that years before. So, but so I, I value the little time that we did have left, and it, it felt like the love I always wanted, like as coming up, because I guess I finally was able to let it go and understand. So it was no more judgment towards her, and so it was, it, it was almost organic, like the love that we had in the last few months of her life. Well, we, we she died suddenly. Also, I must say that we didn't know she was. It was a sudden death too. So, so it was just something in, in, that God put in me and put it in us to fix that because He knew time was running out. I guess. That's a beautiful story, Eric. Well, thank you so much for calling in, and I believe you're a first time caller. Thank you so much for yes, calling today, and 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 please, you know. Feel free to join us at any time. We're here seven days a week, Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Got a beautiful team of hosts and wonderful topics, and we just love to hear from our listeners. So much, Eric, for sharing your story. Yes, uh, absolutely. Thank you so very much. uh, No problem. You've you've taught a lot of people today, and that that is crucial. Thank you. Well, let's go to our next caller and area code seven seven three. Okay, we've got some more on the line, so now I want everybody to hold on. We're going to go to seven seven three nine nine six, and then seven seven three seven three seven, and then seven seven three five three zero, and then three one two eight three three. So hold on, we're going to get you. Some of you might not get to until after the break, but hold on, we're going to get your thoughts. Seven seven three nine six six. Your mic is open. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your comment. Hello, this is Cookie James calling from the planet Earth. How y'all yes, doing? Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for for stopping down on Earth today, and you're in your yeah. I try to come back and visit, you know, the planet every now and then. <laughs> every now and then, yes. <laughs> yeah. Kind of funny. My my middle name is Eric. No, yes. that, so that that was quite a, a, a an insight that our dear brother Eric gave us. You know, um, a lot of men don't get nurturing because the belief is that boys don't need affection. They don't need comfort if they're crying. Matter of fact, you tell them to shut up if they cry. And fathers are are kind of made to feel that they're the ones who have to enforce the physical discipline and whipping the child. And so that's kind of the way we've been taught to think. What was your experience growing up, and how did you do things differently in raising your children? Well, my parents whipped me one time. My father mm. took me, hung me, held me by my feet over a, uh, a well. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, so that oh, was, that was, you know, he was, you know, from the plantation, so he knew how to, you know, you whoop one time, that's, that's it. You know, on a plantation, you whoop, you whoop a slave one time, that was it. You know, you put the fear of God in their life, so. Um, but I was a good child uh, growing up, you know, um, because I realized that, you know, I had two parents. And I realized, you like mothers, you know, sometimes they have an issue with a child. And, and, and if they say, don't let me tell your father about this, mm-hmm. that was a straighten up. That was a straighten up conversation. And I knew right then and there 
that the father was the the post on the fence. You, you ever see a fence as a post that's dug down deep, and then you have a, a gate, and then you have another post, and you have a gate, and you have a post? The father is like the post of the family. You know? Yeah. If it had, if it had to go to him, you're going to change your direction. You know? You're going to get some stern wisdom. And I would say what Eric went through, a lot of times we, we – we we spend years, you know, we, you know, we we wait twenty and thirty years. You go, you know what? Thank you for teaching me that lesson when I was a child. And I said, why did it take a person so long to do that? With my children, I tell them, I'm teaching you now. Mm-hmm. I'm teaching you something where you ain't got to come back thirty years later and thank me. I'm teaching. I'm guiding you because you're my seed. You're my seed. You see, not as a child and whatever, but you're my seed. You're from me. You're an extension. I'm teaching you what I know, and then I'll tell them so you can one day begin to teach me and teach others. Mm. It's very important. It's very important when you do things with a child, you just sit down and explain why you're doing this, why you're saying this to the child. Don't just say, shut up, sit down. You need to sit, get with that child, you know, and you say, look, I see you being a little extra active. You talk, talk to me. What's going on? Because obviously that, that child is going through something. Yes. You know, parents, yes. Parents need to be counselors, not just uh, uh, dictators or, or security guards. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're, we're security guards. Well, we well, we need to be counselors. Bring that child in, and 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 let that child talk. That child's going through something. All the energy is just, it's trying to it's trying to uh, uh, express itself. And you beat the child up. With, y'all just too busy. Y'all need to shut up in there. Y'all too loud. <laughs> How often have we, we have we heard parents do that? You know, children are just having fun and playing, and they're even repressed from doing that. And and we think that you're supposed to just sit down and be quiet all day. That's ridiculous. So now, Koopy, let me ask you this question before I take the next caller. You described a horrific way of uh, punishment. Like you say, one of the most old-time slave beatings. You said they held you over a well and and whipped you. Now, first of all, was that your mother or your father did it, or did they do that together? That was my father. That was my father did. Okay. So uh, what made you decide to, I'm I'm taking it, you did not do that to your own children. What made you decide to not use that form of control and, and induction of fear in them? as a means of controlling them. What made you decide to not do that to them? Well, when he whipped me, I ran away the next day. Uh, I packed my mm. bags up. I got some, uh, <laughs> I got my books. I had a little doll, uh, a little, be- little man doll, a little mannequin. I got a little paper bag, two paper bags, and I was walking down the street. Wow. How old were I you? Knew I knew I was uh, about eight years old. And I wow. got to the corner and they said, boy, bring your butt back here. When he whipped me, I, at that time, I was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> because he whipped, me for, 
He would. He would. Right. <laughs> I was right. He would be because <laughs> I, uh, my brother. My brother hit me, and I hit him back, but it knocked him out. Oh. And I, I you, know, you know what I'm saying? So I felt like it was an unjust crime, but, yeah, I ran away. And so we had this notion that the children should get up out the house at 18. Mm-hmm. You should never tell your, you should never tell your child that. That's extra stress. Yeah, where are you going to go? What if you don't have a job? Oh, you have to get out. And and, I, and I've seen that, too. You know, we why think we're you, making why don't, why, why don't you Why don't you help your child save some money at 12, 13, 14 years old so when they do get that age, they'll have five, ten thousand $10,000 set for them so they do go out and be, be, be secure. So when he with me that time, I was gone. And so when wow. you beat your children... Or when you uh, uh, beat your children and lash out at your children the wrong way, believe me, they they trying to they they got they get a uh, they they're, they're they're creating a getaway plan. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yep. yep. That that's it. That is it. Well, thank you so much. We got to take a break. Uh, thank you so much for sharing your story. That was the education for folks as well. I'm telling you, people. A lot of these runaways. A lot of these runaways are escaping abuse for real. So think about that. We'll be right back after this break. We want you all to stick and stay. Don't stray away. We'll be right back after this message to hear more of your insights. And area code 773737, we come to you next. So hold on. And right after that, we got 773530 and 312833. And if you're on our switchboard and got a comment, press 1. And that will line you up to be next after that. And if you're watching on the Female Solution Facebook or YouTube channel, feel free to write in your comments. We'll share them with our listening and viewing audience. And we've got a comment from Beata. Our Friday host is Grand Rising Queen. Oh, Grand Rising to you, Queen. Love you so much. Enjoying the conversation, she says. Yes, feel free to call in and Give us your thoughts if you'd like to share some of your parenting experiences as well as as childhood experiences. We'll be right back after this brief break, so stick and stay. Don't stray away. We'll be back in a moment, so stay with us. Oh, man, God sent the monthly sun bill today. This sunlight is really expensive, especially during this season. I'll probably have to work overtime to pay it. Well, you better pay it on time. We don't want the sun to go out and we're sitting up here all day in the dark. Wouldn't it be terrible if God charged us for sunlight? Well, thank God, the light and heat from the sun is free. So why are we paying such high bills for the energy we use in our homes? Because we don't know how to use solar energy, the free energy from the sun. You can convert your regular home to a solar energy home and save tremendously on your electric bill. Take a look at your electric bill. Wouldn't you like to reduce or possibly even eliminate that cost altogether? Let one of our solar consultants show you how. Call today, 312-849-3456 and schedule a free consultation. That's 312-849-3456.
I'm Beata, your Holistic Life Coach. These days, it's more important than ever to work on your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Are you consciously breathing deeply in stressful moments? Do you have a plan or daily routine to maintain balance in your awesome body? Are you struggling to be disciplined in your eating habits? When you partner with me, I'll help you develop a personalized health plan that works for your particular lifestyle. You can find out more about me at yourholisticlifecoach.com where you can also review my three-step protocol to guide you to abundant health. That's yourholisticlifecoach.com and I'm Viato. Do you want to live in a world without war? Join our global peace movement. Heavenly Culture World Peace Restoration of Light transcends culture, religion, ideology, and other boundaries to achieve peaceful harmony in the global society. HWPL is committed to bringing world peace and cessation of war through peaceful dialogue between religious groups. I am Director Shin Suk Kim of the HWPL Chicago branch of North America. Join us for our next gathering. Call 773-580-1501 and be a part of the movement for world peace. Email us at chicagohwpl at gmail.com.
and we were made to feel pretty bad. Even though we obeyed out of fear, we really needed to learn how to behave through love. And that is a technique that we, today's parents, need to learn. Well, let's take our next caller, one of my favorite teachers, 773-737. Your mic is open. I believe this is our great and wonderful Mama D. Thank you for joining us. Well, well, hallelujah. Greetings, uh, Global Transformers. You know flattery would get you everywhere. You stop it. <laughs> Um, you know, um, I, I, I don't think uh, mothers, especially single mothers, are emotionally available um, because they're busy uh, and they just don't have the time, especially during those first four years of life because they have to work, they have to dress the child, they have to feed the child, they have to clean up the dishes, they have to catch the bus, they have to drive the car. They they are just too busy. And as a as a Montessori educator, I had eighteen two year olds in my uh and one assistant wow. in my classroom. So uh when a child came in out of sorts, we had a baby DC doll. This was a great big uh uh I guess eighteen month old sized doll that was very cuddly. Oh, yeah. And and I would and I would tell them, uh, baby Didesi needs some love. Oh. So they would go over into the rocking chair and they'd get that great big uh uh cloth doll and they start hugging on baby Didesi <laughs> and uh wow. they just need to that hug, they just needed that emotional support, and I knew I couldn't give it to them, but if they would give it to baby Di D C and and for those who aren't familiar with the, the, the Betty Shabazz lingo and the language that we use to denote certain uh, grade levels, explain what Di D C is. Well, I had the first class of, of diabetes, and it was two-year-olds, uh, and that's a, 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 an African uh, word. You know, I'm not sure exactly what diabetes uh, means, but I had the first class of two-year-olds in their history, and I went to um, Third World Press to get some books published, and they found out that I was certified in Montessori education, and they had always wanted to have someone to uh, teach young children. And Haki and Savisha Madabuti, the uh, creators of uh, the Institute of Positive Education, they had a two-year-old, Akili. So I was his first uh, teacher. So uh, it was African-centered uh, an African-centered curriculum with a vegetarian diet. I learned how to be a vegetarian there. Boy, I learned to be the person I am, African-centered, from uh, Aki and Safisha Madhubuti. Uh But yeah. when I see a crying child, I carry Blue Nile, and I wear Blue Nile. And um, 
if if they're crying and you go up to them, whatever color they are, little white children, it works on everybody. You just go over and you put it under their nostrils real quick, mm. and they cannot sniff and cry at the same time. They wow. cannot cry and sniff. It is impossible. So wow, when they they choose to smell pretty instead of cry ugly. Mm. <laughs> well, Mama, you have you have so many innovative methods, and, and for those who are not in Chicago, uh, Haki Matabuti and Safisha Matabuti, they founded uh, the Institute of Positive Education. They're the the pub, they're the owners of Third World Press, and everybody uh, knows Haki Matabuti. If you're old enough, you remember him as Don Lee, the poet. Uh, you're real old, like like sixty plus. But <laughs> but they founded an institution based on African principles, and a lot of the terms are from the, the Swahili language and a few other African languages, Chui, you know, spoken in Ghana and so forth. And the grade levels were African words, words in an African language that denoted the level of development of a child at that age. I don't remember all of the names now from, from you know, uh, preschool through uh, eighth grade, actually, but each of them had a a name, and I I remember I do remember the eighth grade was the Nkrumah class, and so you know each each name had significance in terms of African history and and the the, the uh, values, the uh, the level of development of the child in each grade level, and and Mama D had the preschool class, which was called the Dadisi class, and you're talking about two-year-olds that are just learning language. So as you can hear, she's got some really innovative ways of helping two-year-olds to deal with their emotions. And I, I love the thing with the smell, because like you said, you can't sm- cry and smell at the same time, but also the thing with the doll, the Dadisi doll, baby Dadisi, the, the, the soft doll, where they could, they could express their, what they needed to the doll, because psychologists use that all the time when they're, when they're trying to get a child to explain how they've been violated sexually, overshow us, and they'll do it on the doll. So dolls are very, they're very significant, and, and we need to know that for a child, a doll is like an alter ego. Through this doll, I'm expressing what I'm feeling. So that was brilliant, Mama D. And 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 Koofy mentioned when he ran away from home, he he had a, he had a, a, a you know a, a doll figure, a mannequin, you know, a, a, a person really representing himself, you know. Uh, this is what we need to pay attention to. And and Eric, when he talked about earlier the the house that his daughter built out of a box and you know what it represented, probably you know this is the house I want, this is what I'd like to live in one day. And then for somebody to destroy it, you know, it, it hurt her so badly. And I'm glad that he had the sensitivity to know that this box represented something valuable to her, and so she needed to have been heard. So, uh, you know, Mama D, you, you just, you just, you're just amazing, and I'm so glad that that people are listening today to how you dealt with that. Uh, but but that I class. Would like to, uh, young people, I'd like to share uh, uh, my own uh, special uh, experience because um, having five brothers and being the youngest of five sisters, I was never spanked. 
I was a big girl. I knew exactly what to do. Uh, my sister had ribbons in their hair to match their socks. I had ribbons in my hair to match my socks. And I was always a big girl. Never mistake. And when my mother name calls me, the first time, I refused to give up my seat on the front of the bus. And because my younger brother, he had this uh, fungus uh, on on his lungs, and he didn't talk until he was four years old because he didn't have enough air quality to form words. So I we practically lived on the bus three and four times uh, a, a week. We had to go to the hospital in, in Little Rock, and I was just accustomed to riding on the bus. So I hopped up on the bus one day, and I got a window seat. And I was looking out the window, and I was five years old, and, and uh I didn't, and I was told to go to the back, and I didn't want to go to the back. I wanted to look out the window. I wanted to look out yeah. the window. I wanted to look out the window, and I carried on. So until the bus driver let me look out the window and sit on the front of the bus, and I had a great time seeing the animals and everything, and it was a wonderful ride until I got home. And then my mm. mother called me out. Oh, that little heifer said a little in on the front of that bus, and I was mortified. I didn't know what half of meant, but I knew it wasn't something good, and 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 it was, and I hadn't done anything bad, and and they were talking about it, and every time somebody came in, they would talk about how I sat on the front of the bus and, and how I, one day we would sit on the front of the bus. And it was a big thing to to the adults, but I was mortified. I hid under the great big kitchen table, and, and I started to say I didn't do anything bad, so my mother was bad. And my sister that was 18 years old, she became my mother, and my mother became my grandmother. I didn't tell her about my menstrual cycle. I didn't tell her about anything. And it wasn't until I was about 25 years old and attending Columbia College, and and our instructor in in the writing class, he said, close your eyes and go back, back, back in time to your first uh, experience of something happening to you. And it was just like a flashback. It was wow. sitting on the front of the bus, and, and all of a sudden, I, I realized what segregation had had robbed me of a rightful mm. relationship with my mother. Of course, we became best friends. We, we had a special kind of relationship when I realized that she was acting out of a sense of fear. She had not taught me my place, and we were both oh. in danger with me sitting on that front of the bus and, and, and doing that violation of, of the law. So that is why I guess I fight for for fairness and, and civil rights and human rights and all that kind of, especially the rights of the child, because mm-hmm. I, I, I lived through those uh, childhood experiences, and I remember when my daughter, in conclusion, I remember when my daughter was, uh, uh, she was about 10 years old, and she went to Texas with my mother. Uh, Her aunt 
straighten her hair. And she had never had, she had uh, nice, curly, uh, uh, wavy hair. And Dick Gregory told me that, that your daughter is the prettiest little girl I've ever seen in my life. And Dr. Fatona always reminded me of that. Well, Dick Gregory said that your daughter was the prettiest little girl he had ever seen in his life. But anyway. Uh, wow. Those those things secretly for life, don't they? <laughs> wow. Oh, they do because Dr. Fortuna never uh, let me forget forget that she prepared Dick Gregory to walk to walk from Washington Park to Washington D.C. and he was a great big heavy set man, and she um, had caused him to lose weight and and all of that. So, but but wow. what happened was. That when I realized uh, the, the the rights of a child, my daughter is anyway. She she was horrified that my aunt straightened her hair, and it it, it was it was just a, a a hurting thing that you could never get back. But she told me something. I asked her, was she minding her grandma? And she said, no, oh, no, oh. I, before I could say why, she said, Mama, I told my own self what to do. And that like changed that. my life. <laughs> that changed my life. I went back to my two-year-old class, and I said, you need to give your hand some order. You tell your hand to stop that. You tell your feet to stop kicking that death. So I yes. never, ever told them that. That that never it was in there. They were responsible. Self control. You know, your own self, self what to do. Yes, that is, what that is, is. it. That that's self. that's what discipline is. Teaching yourself what to do. I told my own self what to do. I love that. Oh, Mama D, you're just a treasure. Thank you so much for sharing your stories. Well, we're teaching today, you all. I hope you're taking notes. This is this is how you respond to your children so that they can understand how to be self-managed and you have to listen to them. And, Mama D, I'm sending you a hug for, the, for that experience on the bus. That, that's, that was so painful. That was a trauma. But, you know. Uh, yeah, but, but I didn't you understand know that, that your mother was acting out of her fear. <laughs> yes. But thank you. We all need a baby diabetes. Yes, we do. Well, thank you so much. I think we got time to take another caller before the break. Thank you so much, Mama D. Wow, you know. And we got to understand that, people. A lot of this, a lot of this beating culture, and we've said we've said this before. It comes out of it comes out of slave culture. This 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 whole beat your children thing. We would beat our children because we knew if they got whipped by the plantation owner or one of the overseers, they could be beat to death. So our job was to teach them their place, teach them to behave so that they would not get a beating from others who could kill them. That's where that came from in, in, in the African-American culture. Now, there are people in other countries that beat their children too. So, we, you know, we can't, we can't just blame slavery because everybody's had some level of brutality that has come into their culture, but we have to unlearn this and we have to learn the other ways of relating to children and teaching them that don't involve 
verbal or physical abuse. We have to learn them because otherwise we're going to get what we've got. Children who now can take their frustration and their rage and pick up a weapon of war and kill. We need to be emotionally available for our children. Let's take that next caller. Uh, seven seven three five three zero. Your mic is open. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your comments, please. Yes, yes. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yes. Okay, okay. Um, well, I just want to give um thanks to the Most High, you know what I mean, for for having you, uh, Sister uh, Naima Latif, and uh, Sherelle and the whole team. Um, I also okay. want to um, give a shout out to um, Minister Robert Floyd Pump, you know I mean, for uh, providing this view of the broadcast. Um, you know what I mean, uh, it has been truly, uh, uh, you know I mean, for the last two days, I mean, for the year, it has truly been a, a blessing and a jewel. You know what I mean, uh, I'm AMGP God, you know what I mean, located here in the Mecca, province of Illinois, you know what I mean. Um, Shouts out as well um, to Eric, Eric Hopkins, you know what I mean, uh, providing that, that beautiful insight. Uh, I'm a co-partner with Coffee, which is a, a Chicago land organization, sent by God to lead the youth, which is also founded uh, by Brother Eric, um, the leading board director. You know what I mean? So shout out to Brother Eric once again. Um, as well as uh, the Hale Washington Foundation, once again, located here in Chicago, probably Illinois. Um, the Chicago uh, Hale Washington Foundation uh, for making me uh, recently an executive board director. You know what I mean? So we're planning uh, a Father's Day event, uh, June 18th, uh, for all the fathers uh, out there. You know what I mean? We're providing an uh, event for Father's Day that's June 18th. Um, it's, it's the Peace Parade Caravan. So with the most peace on this day. I mean, for the father. So we're not uh, marching this year, sister. Uh, I mean, we're, we're riding the caravan. So we're asking all those that look to participate by a uh, $23 donation. You know what I mean? And that's for uh, once again your caravan. So, you know what I mean? You're always the march uh, in the parade. You know what I mean? Uh, you know what I mean? Your $23 donation will be towards uh, your caravan. So, once again, that's the Peace Parade Caravan on um, June 18, 2003. Here uh, in the province of Illinois. I mean, all those that look to get in contact, you need to contact with myself once again, AMG Peace God, Apostle Minister General Peace God at 
um, base or whatnot that I was um, brought up in because, you know, we like plants, like you said, like like the brother said, with, with seeds, that's my seed, you know what I mean? So, you know what I mean, like plants, like everything in nature, I heard about everybody's experience, and I'm like, wow, you know, I thank God that, you know, uh, my parents, um, I was adopted, but I was also brought up by uh, um, gardeners, you know what I mean? Um, the people that uh, God blessed me, the homes that God blessed me into. Let me shout out to uh, my mother, uh, my guardian, uh, rest in peace, rest in power. Her name is Doreen Emma Pugh. I mean, she raised um, a lot of people here in Chicago uh, back in the day around the Robert Taylor areas. Uh, I mean, she was a teacher. You know what I mean? Uh, she raised a lot of a, a lot of a lot of um, youth. You know what I mean? That you know what I mean? Probably in eight. Uh, early 40s, you know what I mean, uh, late 30s, early, early, uh, early uh, 40s, uh, well, well, late 40s probably, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? She, uh, she, you know, she did it all. She raised, uh, she raised uh, four, four, uh, I mean, beautiful men to this day, including myself, um, and I thank God for that. Um, you know, it wasn't, um, uh, well, I didn't consider it a perfect household, you know what I mean? None of us, none of our, uh, you know what I mean, uh, dysfunctional family as a whole, you know what I mean, uh, is, you know, is not perfect. So, you know, um, the shots out to the uh, to the parents that did um, that did have fallen ways because a lot of people didn't even have single mothers. A lot of people didn't even have, you know what I mean, um, fathers or whatnot. So, you know I mean, in my yeah. experience, um, I had I had a, a mother and a father. So, you know what I mean, shots out to the balance because I heard everybody's experience and it was like, wow, you know, it was leaning over into like you said, the beating culture, the abuse culture, you know what I mean, or whatnot, you know what I mean? Uh, thank God my mother, she provided uh, balance, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know what I mean, I want to give an uh, insight, you know what I mean, on that. You know what I mean, my parents, and, uh, I like to reflect, uh, you know what I mean, the Father, I reflect the Father, the Most High. So, you know what I mean, although I wasn't brought up in the church, uh, later on, uh, my mother, she planted that seed, you know what I mean, and uh, due to the balance of the discipline that she provided, she was like, uh, uh, you know, uh, sort of what uh, uh, Brother Eric described. She was a, a disciplinarian. She also was a, a, a teacher, and she leaned towards uh, um, having those open discussions, you know what I mean, uh, with, her, with her son. You know what I mean? I learned a lot from, you know, the, 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 the family time of her taking the time out to allowing us to express ourselves and, bring out dictionaries and uh, look up words and, you know what I mean, right in front of her, you know what I mean, while she, she's standing with the belt or whatnot, you know what I mean, she'll be having a whole conversation with you and, you know what I mean, dialoguing with you and allowing you to get that feedback in. So, you know what I mean, uh, shout out to the mother side of the situation that, um, like you said, uh, uh, children are to be loved, children are to be uh, cherished, uh, they are to, you know, uh, uh, let it be known that they are to be heard, you know what I mean, but uh, shout out to my father. <laughs> my father, mm. uh, yeah, uh, once again, my father, you know what I mean, not leaning over into uh, Joe Jackson, you know what I mean, but shout out to Joe, you know what I mean, in the sense of he whipped all his kids to success, you know what I mean, although my father wasn't a Joe, <laughs> Joe Jackson, you know what I mean, he was a stern, you know what I mean, militant disciplinarian, the true disciplinarian, uh, uh, who provided um, the balance of um, expectations. You know what I mean? And uh, I believe I believe it is important for us as parents to uh, plant our seeds 
and let them know, you know what I mean, what we expect, you know what I mean, and, and what the father expects, you know what I mean, of us as families and what we expect of the children. I believe that's a, 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 a thin line that needs to be um, defined, you know what I mean, as far as, you know, guidelines, you know what I mean. So, you know what I mean, it, it says, you know, to raise our children up in a way that they should go, you know what I mean. So each seed has a direction that is aiming to grow. Yeah, you know I mean, uh, uh, without that that guideline and that 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 uh, um, um, solidarity and clarity on that guideline, you know what I mean? Uh, you see the lawlessness and uh, unstructuralism that we got in the world today. The lawlessness, you know what I mean? Uh, no structure or whatnot. You see that today. Yeah, you know I mean, it's no uh, uh, um, administrative. Uh, uh, you know, head on the body. I mean, so the body is left to run, wrapping around, you know. Yeah, yeah, and, and, you know, that's what people are struggling with. How do you bring order back to the disorder? And what role do fathers play in these homes? Because even as harsh as these mothers have been and they're, you know, trying to instill discipline, we still have what we have. And it it is the effect of the absence of fathers and the mothers then having to overreact because they don't have that balance, that partnership, and then the harsh way they instill fear basically uh is it becomes abuse but that's all they believe that they have because they don't have that partner to kind of enforce some level of self management. So this is what we have to we have to develop a culture of loving our children into shape as Mama D says and not whipping them into shape. But that means learning methods of correcting behavior that doesn't involve destroying the spirit of the child. That's what we have to learn. So we thank you so much, my dear brother, AMG Peace God of Chicago. We appreciate you so much for sharing your story. And we're going to take a break and come back, and we'll take our next caller at 312-833. Thanks so much for your patience. We want to hear your story as well, and we'll be right back after this quick break and we'll share some more comments from our Facebook and YouTube viewers and listeners and we appreciate you all so much. We'll be right back after this last break. So again, we want you to stick and stay. Don't stray away. We'll be back after this last break. So of course, we want you to stay with us. Everything you need, what your body needs, is found in nature. So Susan Essentials doesn't do it any other way. Susan Essentials provides your employees and individuals access to over 20,000 nutritional products. And they are shipped direct to your door. Because Susan Essentials is certified in plant-based healing, we're permitted to offer you the best nutritional supplements on the planet. 
They're non-GMO and sustainably produced. And we take the guesswork out for you. Let Susan Essentials help you take control of your health today. have an opportunity to transform the whole global society in the next 50 years. 50 years from now, the earth will be populated by a new generation of adults, many of whom are yet unborn. Our mission is to nurture them in childhood with love, guidance, and protection, and to raise them in healthy, happy families. If we impart values of compassion, generosity, and respect for fellow human beings in the next generation of children, they will create a world where people can live together in peace. This is our goal. Be a part of the transformation. Get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. Go to www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. that we need to learn 
and we need to unlearn that method of beating them because all that does is create repressed anger that somewhere in their life explodes. So let's take our next caller. And we want you to answer the question, are you emotionally available for your children? And think about what you experienced. Did your parents listen to you when you cried, or did they punish you for showing your emotions? Um, Before we take our call, let me just uh, share a uh, thought from one of our uh, Facebook and YouTube viewers, Mama Joy, Joy from uh, our second Saturday host. Mama Joy says, Naima, I came to an awakening this morning that we have been raised under law, not love. Ooh, yes. We were processed and taking control of people under a law. Even in marriage, we have sister-in-law, brother-in-law, mother-in-law, etc., we have to be willing to be reborn in love because the law by itself cannot stand. The divine is love and order, and love orders law. Yes. St. Thomas Aquinas and American prophet Dr. Martin Luther King agrees. An unjust law is a human law that is not rooted in eternal law. And, oh, there's some more. Let's see. We may not be able to pull all of it up on there, but yes. Yes, that is exactly right. I, there was somebody, I'm trying to remember who it was, but she would refer to her relatives as my mother-in-love, my sister-in-love, which I love that because that's really what it should be, not in law, but in love. Because even, even if there's a breaking up of the marriage, your in-laws should still be in love, you should still have that connection. Thank you so much, Mama Joy. Listen to her this coming Saturday on the Female Solution 12 to 2 p.m. And thank you to all my my sisters of the microphone who have chimed in and uh, either called in. Thank you, Mama D, our fourth Saturday host. And thank you, Zelda, our Monday morning mindfulness host. And, and thank you, Viata, our Friday health and well-being host. Uh, I thank you, my team of, of sisters who share their wisdom, because that that's how we're going to change the world. We have to change the way we think and feel and act, because we change what we understand. Let me take our caller at 312-833. Thank you so much for your patience. You've been with us the whole show. Thank you for waiting. Give us your name and where you're calling from and your comments. We are in Yah Shalom. That means we are one in God. I love that. Yes, I got that from Mama D. Love, but I'm so glad that I introduced her. You have to change the world. <laughs> to the female solution to change the world. This is your brother, Minister Robert Floyd Plump. Yes, I am. I am thankful. I'm fantastically blessed and all about success breeds success. Uh, for the female solution because you all have made a difference in my life and you've made a difference in the world 
as well as the whole universe. And, Absolutely. you know, uh, I'd like to reflect on, you know, Dr. King for just a moment. We must, mm-hmm. uh, we must really uh, uh, listen, and listening is the key to success. Uh, uh, the language, get the language right, you know, and we have to start with what something Mama D I got from her and being on her TV show. And this female solution is really the world's greatest blog, radio, TV station I ever heard in my whole life. So I'm just thankful that uh, we can share success breeds success because information is a key to success. And uh, for all of the brothers and the sisters, uh, I call it Team 23, you know, which is together everyone achieves more, together everyone achieves much, together everyone achieves money, together everyone achieves millions, together everyone achieves miracles. And, you know, everybody got a, a miracle in them. Everybody that's listening to this this radio uh, blog radio station program is 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 got a song in them. Everybody got a heartbeat. Everybody got a a book in them. And I want to meet them because we're gonna have our leadership meeting today. And it takes a village to raise one child, and no one can raise a kid. We got to get out of that sister name. We got to stop these <laughs> That's right, you know, because you educated, and Mama D educated me, and uh, I'm so happy, you know, that trouble don't last always, and yet Chicago, America, and the world is in trouble because we're doing the wrong thing. Uh, we still beast branding our children. We're still beating our children. We have to stop doing that. You know, my grandparents now raised me, and they taught me I was a dutiful boy, and I'm still a dutiful boy, and I'm Mayor Washington's boy, and we're getting ready for Father's Day coming up on June 18th. I'm bringing all of the uh, men, the the brothers, and the uh, hearts of the children, uh, men, women, and children, back to the fathers. So I'm 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 like everybody's daddy at this point. I'm gonna leave the father being the heavenly father. God Himself is gonna have have to step in and intervene with our problems. Our problem is 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 violence, robbing, stealing, and killing, and looting. That's why we got to have this atonement meeting. Uh, Eric, Eric, oh, wow, healing is a 23. And this whole program is a 23 station, the 23 program, like Oprah Winfrey and Michael Jordan. So how can he be, uh, Michael Jordan, uh, be the only 23 because he made it popular when Chicago equals to 23? And then think about the greatest pop musical uh, 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 personality, Michael Jackson. How can we forget Mike? Mike was born 1958. So don't be late today at 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock. We'll be at the village, Lake Grove Village, from 2 to 4 at 3515 South Cottage Grove. For more information, they can call Brother Plump. To get in the building, you got to call me at 312-833-0475. And that's the way to get rid of down. You know we love you. Keep up the good work. So you are fantastic. 
Hallelujah. And you do likewise. Keep up the great work. We appreciate all that you do in organizing men. That is so critical. Thank you so very much. So, well, you heard if you're in and around the Chicagoland area, then you can join them. We really want our men to to begin to transform the society we live in. Let me take our next caller. All righty. There we go. All right. Let me go. Switch here. Okay. And let's go to area code. Whoops. Just going to let you go. All righty. Let's go to area code 06202. Grand Rising. Introduce yourself to our listening and viewing audience and give us your thoughts. Welcome and Grand Rising to the Female Solutions family. This is Brother Kwame, and I'm in your state of Illinois. And I'm sitting here in my mom's garage and, you know, enjoying the show. great to hear, you know, this type of topic because we are a village and it takes a whole village to to raise a child and to guide that child in the direction that it has come onto the planet to have its purpose. Because a child in the African tradition, when they do a naming ceremony, they take a glass of water and a glass of uh, palm wine or gin. And what they will do before the whole village is they sit that child and they will put their finger into the water and put it in the mouth of the child and it'll suckle. And then they take their finger and they put it into the gin and they put it in and put it in the child and the child cry. And it's showing that this child before you, the whole village, knows right and wrong. It is our charge as the village to make sure it does not forget. And mm. Tools in which we have to understand that when we give a name to a child and we bring him before the whole village and see that the child knows right and wrong, it's born into it. It's born to know love and it's born to know the difference in something that is not correct in love. And so we have to take charge as the parents, and that's the key word is pair, because it does not, a single mother can't be pregnant by herself. It has to Mm. be a pair. It has to be a father and a mother. And so in that part of we redefining how we became colonized, we have to understand that we have to be decolonized. And it's in the language that we use and how we raise and give information to that child. Yes, it has its purpose. It has its purpose when it was in the womb. And that child in the womb has a purpose already given to it when it's developing that it will be a parent. It will be a mother or a father while it's inside Mm -hmm. of the mother's womb. So when that mother's carrying that child, she's carrying a gener- that child and a generation to come. 
So it's very mm. important how how we give to that child when it comes onto the earth. Give it the information to help it, the tools to help it build its purpose. It comes in love. It has a purpose. And what we as the whole village are to give it the tools because when we say educate, the thing, the word is a Latin word mean induce spirit. It means to bring out. Each one of us came onto this planet with a purpose. And how it was brought out through environment, through love, or through trauma, one or the other, environment, love, or trauma, because environment and trauma mm. can create an addict. Environment mm. and love creates a better human being. And so yeah. how we began to see how we did this, because today we have not what we used to have was grandmother's lap time. You had that lap time with grandmother or grandfather, male or female. And when you had that lap time, you were given the tools in order to show the direction and see what is in that, that child. Because yeah. there's creativity and there's things in that child when it's developed why it comes onto the planet. The creator makes no mistakes in sending each one of us here. And we choose two people to come through and we choose lessons that we are here to develop yeah. and to share with the world. And so it's Absolutely. important. I think you're developing a right way in which you're creating this program. But we've got to be mindful that the elders have a purpose because elders only have one other purpose, and that's to become an ancestor. And we have a whole lot of unemployed mm. ancestors because we don't mm. recall them. We recall certain ones, but there are many that are in our family yeah. tree that we have to see how we can call that energy. Because once upon a time, grandma would walk in and look at the baby and say, Uncle Joe's hands, or that's, that's Aunt Sally's foot. Because they know <laughs> there's a return for those ancestors. Yeah. So we have to overstand our way. And I, I commend, you know, all of the ones who have spoken because that was their purpose. They've spoken what yeah. is in their heart on this earth because it's all one word. Because in the word earth is the word heart, is the word here, is the word ear, is the word mm. heart. And we have to begin to know how to, to acknowledge the art of living and hear what the creator tells you with that one ear in your heart, how to be mm. and become. That's what you are, is a human being to become, become the reflection yeah. of the creator. All right. And that's all. Right, Thank you, Naima. I thank you so much, Baba Kwame. As always, we appreciate your wisdom, and you have definitely uh, been a a source of light, as always. And all of our callers, all of our listeners, all of those who commented on our Facebook and YouTube page, and, of course, all of you who shared your story, this is a teaching opportunity, and that's what we provide every day on this morning think tank. But our goal is to create the solutions, and, of course, we all do it collectively. So very soon we're launching our Parenting with Peace class, and, and our team of hosts are part of that process and sharing their wisdom. 
we're going everywhere from we're starting at pre-birth, the the process even of evaluating yourself before you even uh, choose that life partner, choose that partner that you're going to co-create with, choosing that person that you're going to join together as one with and be the doorway for a soul to enter into this earth environment, into this earth school, you first got to heal yourself to prepare yourself to be emotionally healthy because the vibration that you carry is the vibration you will attract from the soul that's coming through you. And if you're troubled, if you're angry, you're going to attract a soul that is matching that vibration. So we're going to take you all the way from pre-birth to the conception and the kind of the kind of spirit you need to have both mother and father, both the seed planter and the, and the seed carrier, what you need to infuse in that child during their process where the soul is going in and out of the mother's body as the physical vessel is being formed. And we're going to guide you through that process with the understanding that this is a soul that has chosen to come through you for a special life experience. You must prepare yourself to be the guide that they need for this life experience. And then we're going to take you from birth to age 18, each step of the way, and how you, in fact, raise them and guide them with love so that they can become the best version of themselves because that's why they came here. So look out for Parenting with Peace. It will be on the Teachable platform online on our online school, the New Earth Homeschool Academy. And this is a tool we're using to help change the world from the way it is to the way it should be. I'm Naima Latif. Join us tomorrow as we are uh, once again hearing from our wonderful sister, Viana, and health and well-being. So join us, 7 a.m. Central. Of course, wherever you are in the world, join us live or you listen in the archive and gain the wisdom from the female solution. Thank you all for joining us today, and until tomorrow, continue to shine your light. And let us greet our global family and We've come to the end of our show today. But you can hear every show in the archives at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution. You can also hear today's show on the Female Solution Facebook page. Go to www.facebook.com slash thefemalesolution. Leave your comments about today's show. You can always reach me on my website at www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. Watch our TV shows, listen to our radio shows, order our books, and be sure to get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. 
On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to thank all of you who participated in today's discussion. And to our global family listening from all around the world, we say thank you. To our family in China, Cheshire, India, Zanyaba, Japan, Arigato, Korea, Kamsamida, Russia, Spasiba, Germany, Danke, Poland, John Kujun, France, Merci, Spain, Gracias, Italy, Grazie, Egypt, Shukran, Ghana, Medasi, Nigeria, Eshe, South Africa, Ngiabonga, Senegal, Jared, Kenya, Asante, Israel, Toda, Pakistan, Shukriya, Afghanistan, Tashakor, Saudi Arabia, Shukran. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Thank you. And may peace be upon you and the mercy of God and God's blessings. And join us tomorrow for a special guest who will share his journey to heal prostate cancer on health and well-being with Viata. Right here on the Female Solution Global Radio TV Show. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.